Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877 You know, it's amazing to me. You have Peter Doozy, who's a straight-up journalist. He's a good young man. And, of course, uh, the Biden administration is trying to degrade him. But they can't degrade him. And just in a very snarky way, trying to smear the guy. I hope he just keeps plowing ahead, the deuce, I call him. Because he is very courageous in there. And today he talks about the analysis that was done by Fox. This is why they hate Fox, of course, because they actually dig in on try and get some of the news out. And the analysis by Fox through a Freedom of Information Act, several of them requests, found that in 2021 alone, 2021 alone, 23 would-be terrorists were caught coming across the border illegally. Known or suspected terrorists. Bill Mulligan, who's been covering this, really the only journalist who's down there day in and day out. Here's what he reported. I'm laying the foundation for this because it's important. Cut 12, go. I've obtained a CBP record through a Freedom of Information Act request, which reveals that last year there were 23 known or suspected terrorists who were encountered here at our southern border. Take a look at this graphic right here, and we'll dive into the numbers for you. What you're looking at are hits on the TSDB. That is the Terrorist Screening Database, which is maintained by the FBI. You can see the breakdown sector by sector. There were four hits in San Diego sector, four in El Centro, two in Yuma, two in Tucson, three in El Paso, four 
four in Del Rio and four in the Rio Grande Valley sector. Again, this was for 2021. And keep in mind, these are only the ones that they caught, only the ones they know about. Why is that a concern? Take a look at this file video right here and we'll explain it to you. As you look at runners here, CBP sources are telling Fox News that in the last six months alone, there have been more than 300,000 known gotaways here at our southern border. Masses of people are making it into the country without ever being apprehended by Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, Pasaki was asked about this, and she basically mocked it. She downplayed it. She said 23 over a year. That's zero, zero point whatever percent. And I got to thinking about this. 23 suspected or would-be terrorists that we know of. She says that demonstrates the Border Patrol's doing its job. No, that demonstrates that despite the Border Patrol men and women, these, these people who are trying to protect this country, have their hands tied behind their back, they were able to catch 23. How many more got through of the unknown illegal aliens? Hundreds of thousands. How many of those hundreds of thousands? There have to be some of whom are terrorists, right? 23, she placed on the number. 23 in a year. Big deal. How many terrorists hit us on 9-11? 19. Nineteen terrorists hit us on 9-11. It took 19. That's it. I am sick and tired of the way this administration looks at human life. Whether it's the murder rate. Whether it's what's going on on the border. Whether it's their radical position on abortion. The most radical position on the face of the earth. Other than maybe communist China. The way they look at the lives of other people overseas including the men and women in Afghanistan who assisted us, and including our 9,000 fellow citizens who are still over there that they've never had to account for and they still don't account for? The left doesn't care about human life, whether it's in the womb, whether it's outside the womb. They pretend to care about human life. They want to control human life. You don't believe in human life if you want to destroy our health care system by centralizing it under the equivalent of the DMV in Washington, D.C., You don't care about human life if you don't care about who's coming over the border and the drugs and MS-13 and the cartels and all the rest. Human life? You don't care about human life if science, science tells you that that baby in the womb is a baby in the womb. And they're even pushing abortion in the last seconds right before birth. They say they care about human life? Really? Where? How? When? Only 23 got through, and that demonstrates the Border Patrol is doing its job. It's not about the Border Patrol doing its job. It's about your policies. And how 23 got caught, meaning many more did not. And 23 is a big number. They're terrorists. They're not a standing army. They secrete themselves within the population. Maybe there could be one. Who knows? By the time you're done arming the Iranians with nuclear warheads, maybe all they'll need is one. There's 300,000 known gotaways. There's 400,000 unknown gotaways in the same year. Who are they? We don't know. Any terrorists? How do we know? MS-13? I don't know. 
Sex traffickers? Beats me. We don't know anything. Except they're now among us by the tens of thousands. They're among us by the tens of thousands. And so Peter Ducey is very serious about this. The information comes to Fox because they bothered to inquire through the Formal Freedom of Information Act. And this is what happens. Cut 13, go. We have new reporting that at least 23 people apprehended at the southern border in 2021 are on the terror watch list. Why do you guys think it is that somebody on a terror watch list would want to get into the United States undetected? Well, I can't make an assessment of that. But what I can tell you is that... Yeah, I can make an assessment of that, moron. They're called terrorists for a reason. Maybe they want to commit active terrorism. What do you think, Mr. Producer? No, no, we need an assessment. Go ahead. You're citing here. It means the Border Patrol was doing their job. I mean, so, they, so they apprehended two, people at the border. We know the Border Patrol was doing their job and is doing their job, despite what you're doing to the Border Patrol. But we're not talking about the Border Patrol doing its job, as we said, as I said. We're talking about you making it impossible for the Border Patrol to catch hundreds of thousands of people. Go ahead. Thousand illegal immigrants a day got away last month. Are you saying that you can say with certainty none of them are on a terror watch list? Here's what we're talking about. Encounters we know and of a suspected terrorists attempting to cross the southern border. They're very uncommon. Uh, we're talking about a few dozen annual encounters at most. Oh, we're only talking about a few dozen annual encounters like, you know, 9-11. Just the, really less than two dozen annual encounters. In fact, no encounter there. They just kind of sneaked in and snuck through and overstayed visas, did all kinds of stuff. Uh, some of them even had legitimate visas. We just didn't get around to vetting them, you know, whatever, whatever. Go ahead. And these encounters represent significantly less than the 0.01% of total encounters per See fiscal I mean? year. 0.01%, it's just a tiny percent, just small number. 19 people struck us on 9-11. Well, they didn't all succeed. Obviously, the plane was taken down in central Pennsylvania. But we'll give it 19. 19. And she's dismissing 23. It's a big deal that we know of. That we know of. And those 19 got through, ladies and gentlemen, despite the fact that we were trying to secure the border. And we weren't defunding the border and ICE through the back door. Now, you and I learn from history. You and I learn from experience. But apparently, the radical left does not. Apparently, the Democrat Party does not. The border is wide open. This should cause everybody some concern, don't you think? Oh, and by the way, as you probably heard by now, those two men on horseback who were whipping, whipping Haitians trying to get into the country were never whipping Haitians trying to get into the country. Despite the fact that Joe Biden tried to exploit the situation for race-baiting purposes. Despite the fact that virtually every so-called news platform in the country tried to do the same thing. And their Sunday shows tried to do the same thing. And their morning shows tried to do the same thing. 
and the race baiters who are well known throughout our media, throughout our culture, were all over it. The problem is they didn't whip anybody. Move on, move along, nothing to see here. Next story. 23 terrorists got through the window. Oh, move along, come on now, we're very busy here. Got a lot of things to do. We got little kids to brainwash about transgenderism and critical race theory. Come on, come on. We got we to gotta choke off all oil and, and gasoline lines. We got to shut down all coal. We're very busy here trying to uh, fix this, this horrific white dominant society. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I make endorsements of candidates. I'm not a kingmaker. They often come to me. I'll look at the situation. And I make many of them available to you uh, in a number of these races. I can't do all of them. It's just not possible. And this is not uh, GOP radio. That said, some of them are very, very important. We had a big role in the primary victory of Ted Cruz. Before most people knew who Ted was, same with Mike Lee at the Utah Convention, same with Rubio, who was a Tea Party candidate at one point. I can't remember all the rest of them. So we have, and we've gone head to head with Mitch McConnell and his machine, which is able to raise literally tens of millions of dollars, and he snuck a law onto the Obamacare bill or some other bill. Remember, we discussed it at the time, where he could increase by tenfold the amount that any corporation could give to his Senate leadership pack. Went from 30-something thousand to 300 and some thousand. And he uses that money to support candidates who will support him. Not support the country. Not support the conservative movement. But support him. And there's a piece here by Newsmax. McConnell's Senate PAC places 141 million ad buy. To do what? Very expensive battle is shaping up as both major parties seek to capture control of the U.S. Senate in November. The Senate Leadership Fund, a GOP super PAC aligned with Senator Mitch McConnell, he runs it, is planning to spend $141 million in fall advertisements, Politico reported. And it is reserving eight-figure ads, eight-figure ads. By my calculation, 
That's a hell of a lot of money. That's like $10 million. In fall advertisements, starting at September to protect Republican seats in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and so forth. The Packers also targeted millions in Alaska. Now, keep in mind, Alaska is not the most popular state. To protect incumbent Senator Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski? Lisa Murkowski is bought and paid for by the National Education Association and the American Federation of Teachers. What do they provide, Lisa Murkowski, in addition to money, an army of precinct workers, and door knockers? And these unions spend more on politics than they spend on their supposed reason for existence. And Murkowski is the favorite Republican of the two. In fact, she's favored even by more than most of their Democrats. She's bought and paid for, in my humble opinion. Now we have this parents' uprising taking place that had an enormous effect in Virginia, quite frankly, all across the country. Almost knocked off the governor in in New Jersey. Knocked out a couple of... uh, School board members subsequently in San Francisco, you saw what happened in places like Texas and Colorado, New York, and so forth, and other races. It was enormous, and it is enormous, because people want their classrooms back. They want their kids taught education, not sexuality, not to hate their country, not racism. And yet, Lisa Murkowski stands with the NEA and the AFT, and they stand with her and McConnell stands with the NEA and the AFT, and he stands with her too. These are the biggest enemies of the parents' movement, the biggest enemies of teaching your kids real subject matter rather than perversion and racism and on and on and on. And McConnell lines up with her. Is it too much to ask? For the Republican leader in the Senate to show some modicum of support for even moderate Republican principles and values? Is he that power hungry that he has to have her as a vote because her opposition, a woman we had on this program who is fantastic, will not vote for him to be the Republican leader? I don't know about you, but I care more about this country than that damn fool's career, that's for sure. I'll be right back. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. 
I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been doing this a while now, almost 20 years on radio. And even more than that, I've been a conservative since I was like 13 or 14 years old. If my dear parents were around, they would tell you that. And my eyes would be glued to various programming, firing a line once a week, other debate shows that took place, even that had anchors that they were liberal. I used to love to watch them, people debating in Constitution Hall. My buddy Eric and I, as I've told you before, we would take a train from right outside Philadelphia to Market Street. It was the Reading train at the time. And we walk half mile or a mile to Independence Hall. We would do this often. Walk where the great men who founded this country would walk. I mean, literally all the history there in Philadelphia and Boston, but we would see the location where Benjamin Franklin was buried, his grave. We would see where the where the Congress met the upper chamber, that is, the Senate met on the second floor. It was called the upper chamber. That's why. The House met on the first floor. It's called the lower chamber. It still is today, even though one is on the west side and one's on the east side of the Capitol building. And uh, where the Supreme Court met in a room, really, I would guess, I would guess maybe 15 feet wide and 20 feet long, or maybe even smaller. And then you would see, attached, same building, Independence Hall, where the Pennsylvania's assembly met on the whole. This is where the Second Continental Congress met and duked it out and debated whether to declare independence, even though the Revolutionary War really began in early 1775. Up there in New England, but all the colonies slash states sent delegates who met in Philadelphia. That's where they met. That's where they debated. That's where they voted. And that's where they signed the final draft of the Declaration of Independence. And after this long revolutionary war was over, and it went on for years and years and years, eight and a half years. And after they decided they needed to get beyond the Articles of Confederation, they met again. The same place. The same place. To debate what would become the Constitution of the United States. Same exact place. 
it's a remarkable history if you learn it. We are so incredibly detached from what they debated, from their embrace of first John Locke and his uh, second treatise, and then uh, Montesquieu, who had an enormous influence on the Constitution. You'll see his name pop up in the Federalist Papers. And now we're dabbling in something called Marxism. Pushed by the Democrat Party and their so-called progressives after Marxism was launched in the 1800s in Europe. These intellectuals pushed the agenda here. And by the way, several of them were Republicans. One of the Republicans who embraced what they would come to call self-identify as progressivism was Theodore Roosevelt. One of the early publications of that movement was the New Republic. It's not much of a magazine anymore, but it had a lot of influence among intellectuals back then. And it was very influential with uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt often talked about nationalism. Nationalism. I write about all this in Rediscovering Americanism and the Tyranny of Progressivism. Nationalism. Many aspects of this argument of nationalism, I'm not talking about patriotism and Americanism. Nationalism. You know, we have a federal republic. Not a national republic, a federal republic. So nationalism in the context of governing was absolutely rejected by the framers of the Constitution. The Constitution doesn't provide for an all-powerful, centralized, national government. You even have a Tenth Amendment added later, specifically about state sovereignty, federalism. I say, don't say nationalism, say Americanism, because the people who embrace nationalism do not embrace constitutionalism or conservatism or individualism. They may claim they do because they probably don't even comprehend what they're saying, no matter how fast they talk or how affected their speech may be. But there's always been this element within the Republican Party. Now, it's the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. They don't call it nationalism. It's centralism for them. Centralism. All these states get in the way. All these people and their free will get in the way. Here we're trying to reorganize society and make it so perfect and better. And they're in the way. All these white supremacists and capitalists and all the rest of it. And the nationalists, they take the American first movement to mean the destruction of your individual liberty, your mobility, your free will. Just listen very carefully. Oh, they're a little bit schizophrenic, I I, I admit. They attack the very Washington that they helped create. That is the city. Somebody needs to do something about this. You ever hear them say stuff like that? Well, 
If it's constitutional, somebody does. They're not so much worried about processes, and the Constitution's all about processes. It's all about keeping power away from certain institutions, dividing it, checking it, balancing it. They're more worried about the absolute outcomes. Well then, we all want outcomes we agree with, but we can lose our entire civil society if we don't support the constitutional processes, right? Now these movements rise within the Republican Party from time to time. I told you about Theodore Roosevelt. You saw it with Pat Buchanan. There have been others. And they've been opposed strongly. And I'm not talking about the Republican rhino establishment. Two of our greatest presidents, Coolidge and Reagan, rejected it completely. And Donald Trump is not as some would paint him either. Donald Trump did more since Ronald Reagan to support and defend the Constitution than any president. That includes both Bushes. Both Bushes. That includes Mitch McConnell. That includes the Republican establishment, Washington, D.C. So people try to project onto him and project onto the body politic their ideology. But it's not the American ideology. Mark, why are you going on like this? Because when I look at candidates to support, I look at candidates to support who understand this. Who embrace the founding. Who embrace capitalism because capitalism and constitutionalism go hand in hand. The market system. Somebody said to me the other day, a friend of mine, well, how do you explain roads and bridges and everything? I said, my friend, if we're down to debating roads and bridges that are necessary for government, we're in pretty damn good shape. Don't you think, Rich? That's not what we're debating, roads and bridges. We're debating redistribution of wealth. We're debating the government imposing upon you standards of life and care without any authority, stealing your, your free will when it comes to health care and so forth. I mean, we're not debating roads and bridges. I'm more than happy to debate that. That would be fun. At least we'd still be inside the constitutional box. And by the way, I have no problem with them. Adam Smith had no problem with them either. Adam Smith believed you need to have a basic tax level in order for a civil society to function. I got it. That doesn't mean you need a $3.5 trillion infrastructure program where 9% of it goes to roads and bridges. You get the point. So I looked in Ohio. at The various candidates who are running. That who, from my perspective, after all these decades, would be the most reliable vote for liberty. For the Constitution for security, including the border. And it was hands down, Josh Mandel. 
Josh Mandel, who'd been elected treasurer of Ohio. Josh Mandel, who was part of the Tea Party movement. Josh Mandel, who early on supported Ted Cruz and then immediately swung to support Donald Trump like so many of us. Josh Mandel, who campaigned for Donald Trump in 2016. I endorsed Josh Mandel when he ran for the Senate the first time in the Republican primary. Mitch McConnell went after him. I endorsed Josh Mandel this summer, either June or July, one or the other. Hands down, easy. Easy to do. He had a divorce, and people have been leaking about his divorce and lying about his private life, leaking it to the media because he was leading in the polls. And the Republican establishment, the McConnell kind, I'm not saying it's him, but of the McConnell kind, and the so-called nationalists from the J.D. Vance school of, I guess it's an ideology, as well as the corporatists, just keep pushing this stuff. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately, and I'm not a good-time Charlie. So I stand with the people I endorse unless, unless they give me a reason not to support them. Josh Mandel has not done that. I'm raising this because people have asked me since President Trump endorsed J.D. Vance Friday, what would I do? I'm not going to do anything. I consider Donald Trump one of the great presidents and I will continue to support him and defend him. He'll continue to be the, my friend and my wife's friend and but I'm going to support Josh Mandel in Ohio. Nobody really knows anything about J.D. Vance. He's raised mostly in San Francisco. He's basically a junior partner, partner to a billionaire financial genius, Peter Thiel. He wrote his famous hillbilly book, which Hollywood gobbled up and made a movie out of. And in 2016, he refused to vote for Donald Trump for president. He voted for that third-party never-Trumper guy, he says, Evan whatever his name is, who's now in Utah trying to destroy Mike Lee. Well, if he didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, that means you could have easily ensured the election, for God's sakes, of Hillary Clinton. So in four years' time, he has an epiphany. Is an awakening. I mean, he's not 14 years old, you know. He has an epiphany as an awakening. Well, I haven't had an epiphany. I haven't had an awakening. Just hard work, grinding through, supporting candidates who I believe will help the country. Never would have occurred to me not to vote for Donald Trump in 2016. And God knows who else he voted for prior to that. But I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe in Americanism. Not progressivism. Not nationalism. Federalism. Individualism. Constitutionalism. More when I return. Mark Lovin. 
Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Harry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Russian offensive in eastern Ukraine has begun. So we'll be talking about that later in the program as well. It's begun. Over 80% of you believe that the the war unleashed by Russia against Ukraine is our business. That it can spread into other countries and allies. That it could have the unbelievable effect of launching a world war. I've argued there's already a world war going on in many respects. You just want to keep it contained. But however you argue it. And we talked over the weeks, you can't be an ostrich about this and put your head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. It's happening. Xi sees it. I hope you saw Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday, my discussion with General Keene. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran see it. All of our enemies see it. Of course, it affects us in so many ways. Would you vote for somebody who said, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or another. What do you think the ramifications would be for American national security? For our post-World War II alliances. For the world. If leaders took the position, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or the other. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. I want to continue with a point, and we'll move along. Move along, just move on, you know. What would you do? Would you vote if you 
whatever state you're in, would you vote for somebody or vote for a presidential candidate who just washes his hands and says, I don't really care what happens in Ukraine one way or another. I'm just worried about what happens here. Do things that happen in other countries not affect us? So terrorism spreads all through the Middle East. We're hit on 9-11. Can't hit us, right? Germany goes to war. Japan goes to war. Italy goes to war. The Axis. That can't affect us. I'm American first. I'm a nationalist. We're attacked at Pearl Harbor. Of course these things affect us. This isn't some little group versus group thing in some far off place. These are real countries. Now, where prudence kicks in, and I talk about this a lot in life, liberty, excuse me, in uh, liberty and tyranny. You have to be prudential about what you do. You know, John McCain, maximum interventionist all the time, ground troops all the time. Now, that's not sensible. It's crazy. On the other hand, look, I'm worried about our border, not their border. Uh, Excuse me, we need to worry about both borders. This isn't Americanism or conservatism. Makes no sense. It's irrational. And yet there is a candidate running who said exactly this. And he's backed by the quote-unquote nationalists who will tell you they're also populists, except when you disagree with them, then they're more nationalists. And it's one of the reasons I could not support him, even though others might, and that's this J.D. Vance. What do we really know about this guy? He's had a very recent conversion since he wanted to be the Republican nominee for the Senate. Well, that's not good enough for me. Now, I'm not voting in Ohio. But I'm just telling you how I think. Why? Because people keep asking me, so I'm telling you. But he's changed. How? When? Where? He didn't vote for Trump in 2016. You changed that fast? That's amazing. It's amazing. And not only that, the things he said about Trump. Nobody's had a conversion and everybody's convinced. Well, everybody's not. That's a tight race in the Republican primary in Ohio. But here it is. Here's what he said on Bannon's show. Podcast, I guess. Cut six, go. At the end of the day, we serve to defend our own country. And I think it's ridiculous that we're focused on this border in Ukraine. Uh, I don't, I got to be honest with you, I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or another. I do care about the fact that in my community right now, the leading cause of death among 18 to 45 year olds is Mexican fentanyl that's coming across the southern border. I'm sick of Joe Biden focusing on the border of a country I don't care about while he lets the border of his own country become a total war zone. Okay, is that the choice? You either support securing our border or you support securing the border with Ukraine and Russia? Is that it? 
Now, isn't that one of the dumbest things you've ever heard? I've talked about this before. Can you imagine a president who cares about securing our southern border and would be supporting Ukraine? I can imagine one. I can imagine many. I can imagine Reagan. I can imagine Trump because that's what he did. You can't have this kind of bifurcated thinking process. Does he care what China takes out of this or what Iran takes out of this? Plus, I have to ask you folks an honest question. Putting all the ideology aside, when you see these people being slaughtered, does it bother you? When you celebrated Easter, Christians, Jews, you celebrated Passover, what do you celebrate? You're people of faith. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't care what happens to the people in Ukraine. People of Ukraine. Tens of thousands of them have been murdered in cold blood. You really don't care what's happening to them? Well, the people in this audience, I would dare say the vast majority do, just like the vast majority of Americans do, and the vast majority of Republicans do. And we do feel that it affects our national security. And we are concerned that this war not get pushed beyond the borders of Ukraine. And let me tell you something. If Russia had rolled through Ukraine, they'd be up in Poland's face in two seconds. They'd be up in Czechoslovakia's, excuse me, the face of the Czechs in two seconds. You know who knows that? They know it, which is why they're trying to muscle up their military as fast as they can, despite their relatively meager industrial societies. They got it. The way you, you stop more slaughter and mayhem and protect America is to keep the battle right there. Right there. That's American first. I'll be honest with you. I don't really care what happens to Ukraine one way or the other. But Mark, what else did he say? That's why I played all 25, 30 seconds of the clip. I read some, some jerk on National Review. I think he's one of the senior writer, editor, scholars there. He's in the minority, but he was defending this. You have, to, you have to read the whole thing. Okay, I just played the whole thing. And of course, what's being done on our southern border is a sin. It's outrageous. In fact, it's an impeachable offense. Why aren't more people talking about it as an impeachable offense? I've done it here. I've done it on Levin TV. I've done it on Life, Liberty, and Levin. These are impeachable offenses every time Biden violates our immigration laws and refuses to enforce them. That's his job. It's the take care clause under Article 2 of the Constitution, Clause 5, whether he likes it or not. So it's not we either enforce this Constitution on that or we help the Ukrainians. Is that how it works? Does this guy really think you're that stupid? That you don't get it? 
So this is my problem. But Mark, would you vote for him in the general? Yes. But you just put him down. I'm not putting him down. I'm giving you my opinion. Really, it's not personal with me. I barely know the man. I met him at CPAC. It's a lot of people I don't know that I disagree with. A lot of people I don't know that I agree with. That said, well, why would you vote for him? Because he's not a Marxist. That's why I'd vote for him. That's why I'd vote for him. But not in the Republican primary. No matter who endorses him. Including our beloved POTUS, President Trump. And I mean that sincerely. Sincerely. My family adores that man. And his whole family. His wife, Melania, is fantastic. The kids, just great. So it has nothing to do with that. I don't care what the lib media say. Oh, look at this. Oh, he disagrees. And by the way, we do this all the time. On quote-unquote our side. It's the other side. Where you're not really allowed to step out of line, you know. Or they want to destroy you. It's the other side. I also know there's a big difference between Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell. Donald Trump has his country's best interests as number one. Mitch McConnell has his own interests as retaining power within the Republican Senate caucus as his number one interest. Hey, Mitch, what are you going to do if you take over? He has no idea. He doesn't care. He just wants to be in the majority. So, shh. And then this last shoe drops where he backs Lisa Murkowski. With ten, he's going to back her with millions of dollars. Why? Because she'll vote for him to be the leader. Even though she supports the same union that supports transgenderism, critical race theory, and anti-capitalism being brainwashed into the little heads of your little babies in public schools. Mitch supports her. Even though she's voted for Judge Jackson to be on the Supreme Court, the most radical individual to ever be nominated, who refused to define a woman because she wants to be free to rule against women. That's Lisa Murkowski. McConnell will throw millions to help her. Not one penny to help Mike Lee in the state of Utah. Not a penny. Or if there is a penny, it'll be a much smaller amount that he eventually coughs up. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. 
Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Now, speaking of Ukraine, Russia has begun its offensive, according to President Zelensky, who one of the great, great uh, biographers of uh, Winston Churchill, Roberts, said is Churchillian, like few others since Churchill. And I agree with that 100%. And I've also told you that this guy will be remembered for a thousand years. And he will be. He'll be remembered for a thousand years, and I believe Trump will be remembered for a thousand years in the Middle East. I really do. Associated depressed, Russia launched its long-feared full-scale offensive to take control of Ukraine's east, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky announced. Now, we can already state that the Russian troops have begun the battle for the Donbas. Significant part of the entire Russian army is now concentrated on this offensive. General Keene indicated on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night that 75% of the Russian military is now present in this battle. That's a lot. The Donbass is Ukraine's mostly Russian-speaking industrial heartland in the east, where Moscow-backed separatists have been fighting Ukrainian forces for the past eight years, that's since 2014, and have declared two independent republics that have been recognized by Russia. This is another Hitlerian tactic. Ooh, they speak German, and they want their independence. Therefore, I will recognize it. The Sudetenland. In recent weeks, the Kremlin declared the capture of the Donbass its main goal of the war after its attempt to storm Kiev failed, after withdrawing from the capital, began regrouping and reinforcing its ground troops in the east for what could be a climactic battle, no matter how many Russian troops are driven there, we will fight, Zelensky vowed. We will defend ourselves. We will do it every day. As the atrocities pile up, this Moripol, this, this city of what was 400 to 450,000 people, about the size of Baltimore, give or take, is now 95% destroyed, the structures in this city. And there's 100,000 people and about 2,200 army, Ukrainian army, that are surrounded. The people can't get out. And Putin offered the Ukrainian soldiers, if they surrender, a way out. Of course, he would have slaughtered them. And they told him to stick it. They're going to fight to the end. We really don't give a damn about these people? Are we sure about that? Over 8 out of 10 of you do. Over 8 out of 10 of you do. They're going to fight to the end. And the Russians, the way they fight, I told you my ancestors are Russian. Ask me if I give a damn. are going to brutalize these people, as they always do. The Ukraine military's general staff said Russian forces Monday were increasing assaults into Luhansk 
and Donsk regions, both of which are part of Donbass, as well as in the area Zaporizhia. If I mispronounce, I apologize. It also said Russia was sending reinforcements to the Crimean Peninsula, seized from Ukraine in 2014, and to the Rostov-on-Don area, which borders Ukraine. Witnesses in key cities, Kharkiv, that's their second biggest city, with around 2 million people. This is a country, these cities have a lot of people in them. And, and, uh, and Bakhmut, near the front line, saw no immediate sign of increased military activity there. AP journalists reported hearing distant artillery fire in some areas. But that has happened sporadically for weeks. The announcement from Zelensky came as Russian bombardment of the western city of Lviv. And you've seen most journalists reporting from there because it's right across, pretty close to Poland. And they felt they were relatively safe there. And they sent some of their uh, bombers, nuclear bombers, to drop conventional ordnance. And the announcement that the western city of Lviv was bombarded and a multitude of other targets across Ukraine, Zelensky announced what appeared to be an intensified bid to grind down the country's defenses. It's only seen sporadic attacks in the past, close to the borders polar. Almost two months of war has become a haven for civilians fleeing the fighting elsewhere. To the Kremlin's anger, oh, I'm sorry, they're angry. To the Kremlin's anger, leave has also become a major gateway for NATO-supplied weapons. And so this, this Maripol that I was telling you, this coastal town, which is crucial, it's the biggest town, the most populated town on the Ukrainian side of the Black Sea. They want to destroy it. It is an industrial town. The battle is actually the final battle. Hopefully it's not final. It was going to be in the steel mill. It's a mammoth steel mill. The Ukrainian soldiers are basically uh, hunkering down and fighting. It's the last known pocket of resistance in the devastated southern port city. These Ukrainians are remarkable people. They're just remarkable people. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. 
my, oh me, oh my. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? May I encourage you to jump in with the missus? I know she's going to love it. And the missus is a very fine lady. She's a teacher, right? Yeah, no, she's a good lady. All right. Let's see here. We have uh, Tedros at Hanahanahanahanahana. Um, well, you spell it. A-D-H, or pronounce it, A-D-H-A-N-O-M, next, G-H-E-B-R-E-Y-E-S-U-S. Say that fast five times. I can't say it fast one time. No offense. He's the WHO chief, World Health Organization. And he's having a press conference. And he's concerned that there's way too much focus on Ukraine and not enough focus on Afghanistan and Yemen. Were we not at war in Afghanistan for a couple of decades, Mr. Producer? Did we not lose men in uniform? Many of them come back as casualties. Uh, Wow. Do we have any troops, combat troops in Ukraine? I don't think so. So if there's any racism, quote-unquote, if you get into this sick mindset of these people, wouldn't it go the other way? As far as Yemen goes, isn't our great liberator, Giuseppe Robinette Biden Jr., lunch bucket Joe, Giuseppe Bidenette, Biden Jr., of Scranton for about three weeks? Isn't he the one who pulled the plug? On the people living in Yemen? So the Iranian surrogates could slaughter them? The terrorists there and the Saudis are trying to fight them? Should we ask J.D. Vance what he thinks? Who gives a damn? Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask. And isn't it Joe Robinette Biden Jr. who's arming up the Iranian Islamo-Nazi regime in, in Iran with hundreds of billions of dollars if he can? ICBMs with nuclear warheads? Oh, that'll change the whole arrangement. How come he doesn't specifically call out the most flesh-transparent person to ever even enter the Oval Office? That would be Giuseppe Rabinette Biden Jr. Lunch bucket, Scranton Joe for three weeks. Here's Tedros at Hanamam. Cut five, go. I don't know if the world really gives equal um, attention to black and white lives. So you see, critical race theory has gone global. It's gone global. It's gone global. Now let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. How much attention is paid by Joy Reid, Tiffany Cross, I believe her name is, or the conga line of hosts over at MSLSD and CNN, white, black, in between, who knows, to the slaughter of Christian blacks in Africa by black Muslim groups or by terrorist organizations? Have they done a single story on that, ladies and gentlemen? I have another question. The endless mass murder 
in our Democrat-controlled cities, particularly in our minority-slash-black neighborhoods, day after day, weekend after weekend, week after week, with a vast majority of the murders in this country, around 20,000 a year. Can you imagine? Maybe it's not 20, maybe it's 13,000. I've lost count anymore. Our black-on-black crime, how many stories have been done on that issue? Not many. How many reports have been put out by the WHO chief? We'll call him T-A-G, TAG, because I can't pronounce it honestly. It's not a gimmick. I can't. I just can't. How many? None that I'm aware of. And I've been saying for years, I'm not the only one, that if you really cared about black lives, if you really cared about civil rights, this would be the issue. But it's never the issue. You don't see this as a focus by the World Health Organization, by the United Nations. It's really the disunited nations, but whatever. Not much. But this is the state of play now. You see, it's racism. Seems to me we in the United States have the most diverse military, probably the most diverse population anywhere, certainly among them. And we go into a lot of countries, either with combat troops or without, where the people don't look like white-dominated Americans. Where they don't. We went into Vietnam. We went into Korea. We've been in other parts of the world. We want to help defend the Taiwanese. In the Middle East. We spent lives and treasure trying to protect the liberty of Iraqis, most of whom are Muslims. I could go on and on and on about this great country. And why is it that I have to? Why is it that I always have to defend our country against these people on the left, whether they're at the WHO or in the Democrat Party or in the media? Why is it? Isn't it self-evident how magnanimous the American people are? Do you realize how much of Europe that we would control now if after World War II we decided to be an occupying army? Well, you know, we have bases all over the world. These are the, oh, I'm an American first. And yet they make these arguments. Like they're American lasters. We have bases all over the world. And if these... Host countries want us to leave, we will leave. They want us to stay. Why do they want us to stay? Because they want protection. They want to be allied with the United States. We don't have troops there to put down the people of the host country. That's what the Russians, the old Soviets did. That's what the communist Chinese do. That's what all these regimes, we don't do that. We don't have a military presence 
to control a country or to put down the people, the citizenry of a country that might rise up. Right now, it's a matter of invitation. Isn't it? This is what people don't understand. It drives me crazy. Mr. Producer, let's take a couple of calls, and I want to move on to uh, Chuck Todd. Meet the depressed, the economy, Joe Biden, all the mess that's taking place. Hope you saw my monologue on life, liberty, and live in on Saturday. Excuse me, Sunday. Used to be on Saturday, too. Any callers there to whom I should speak, particularly any irregular Americans, any hostiles, or just patriots? Christine from Canada. XM Satellite, have they allowed the leaders of the trucking movement in Canada to get out of prison yet, Christine? Uh, um, I don't know what's going on in Ottawa, but that Trudeau is just another dictator. But, oh, thank you for taking my call. I just yes. want to tell you something so important. I'm reading the Black Book of Communism, Crimes, Terror, and Repression. Yeah, Written that's been my, out a while. It's true. And You're 750 right. pages. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I have been a Zelensky supporter, but reading about the, what happened under the communists, you know, all the way from the revolution, all the way up to uh, Khrushchev, is they mention in this book, and this is from the archives, how the Ukraine was particularly targeted. So in other words, like I'm understanding now in a fuller way how Zelensky is fighting to the death because your alternative is to live under death camps and total control and you know you mentioned just a few minutes ago something about the the, uh, living under the soviets like i've read 76 books on totalitarian governments and i'll tell you like my heart is just beating over what i'm reading now See, because you're, you're, you're self-informed, you're self-educated, is very, very important. The history of Ukraine hasn't really been told. Of course, they talk about it when the Soviets really ran it. They'll talk about the anti-Semitism. That's true. But on the other hand, Ukraine has, has, has um, not been able to exercise its own uh, governmental powers. It's never been able to exercise its own uh, civil liberties. It is a new, in many ways, fledgling but nonetheless new democracy. It was and is taking a hold there. It's to be celebrated there. People will look at their problems and all that. Look at that. Look how corrupt they are. But these are the, uh, the, the, the Putinoids, you know, the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the Democrat Party and the media. Oh, I'm not for Putin just because I'm opposed to helping Ukraine. Well, most of them are. If you look at what these people have said in the past they romanticize Putin uh, and they, they, they take positions that are not even close to Donald Trump's position. In fact, in many cases, they also romanticize the regime in Iran, among other things. Very, very perverse. Uh, but nonetheless, you're exactly right. <clears throat> they know what happened 90 years ago when Stalin cut off the Ukraine, cut them off from the Black Sea, cut them off east, west, north, and starved them to death, millions of them. It was horrific, the cannibalization that was taking place and so forth, people dead in the streets. 
and also uh, subsequent to that, you're exactly right. During the course of World War II, they treat Ukrainians like animals. And on the other hand, they say, you know, it, it all has a Russian um, uh, connection. That these are Russian people and so forth. Well, there's no question that Ukrainians and Russians have intermarried over the course of the last uh, thousand years and so. I mean, I think my ancestors were both. But so what? Anyway, fantastic call, Canada. I very much appreciate it, Christine. We'll be right back. Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. There's a great piece in the American Thinker by its founder, Thomas Lifson. He says... The media that gleefully pilloried the Catholic Church over pedophilia charges avert their eyes over a much larger schoolteacher pedophilia problem. By the way, the federal government keeps data on everything, right? Including data it shouldn't keep at all. How many cases of pedophilia are there every year in our public schools? Does anybody know? You want to Google that, Mr. Producer? I'll bet that number is not kept. Sure, they cover it up like they do rape in the Loudoun County public school system in Virginia. Imagine if seven separate charges of pedophilia against Catholic priests had surfaced in one day. By the way, I don't defend what took place, but he's making a good point. The progressive media would have blared the total on front pages and on new casts all day long. But yesterday, yesterday. Seven separate cases of accused pedophilia. This is pieces two days old. Seven separate cases of accused pedophile teachers came to light, and it took a stoop blogger and veteran newspaper man, Don Serber, to put together the story of the crime wave. He said courts across the country on Thursday dealt with seven pedo cases involving teachers. And then he links to the seven news stories. Seven says, I'm not complaining that the Catholic Church's problems should have been ignored by the media. The institutional failure of the church to confront its pedophile priests caused great suffering among innocent children. But that suffering and institutional failure apparently is dwarfed, he writes, by the magnitude of the pedophilia and grooming problem, and they're closely related in government schools. In both institutions, people entrusted with leadership responsibilities failed 
the young charges and use them for their own perverse sexual gratification. But he raises an important point. Why is this ignored by the national media? I hadn't seen this in any national media. And if Thomas hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't even have known. Or Don Serber hadn't written about it, I wouldn't even have known. How many cases of pedophilia are there every year in our government slash public schools? How many? Shouldn't we know? I think we should. I understand at the Easter roll today at the White House East Lawn, Mr. Producer, Joe Biden both hid the eggs and then went to find them. And he didn't find them. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. By the way, How would you have reacted, say, in the early 30s when the Third Reich and the Nazis were really coming into their own? Rounding up Jews and others, but mostly they were focused on destroying the Jews internally and then externally. Would you have been one of those that said, I don't really care what the hell happens to them. I don't care what happens in Germany. We've got a damn depression going on here. I mean, why are we always worried about what happens in other places? Would you have been one of those? There were people who spoke like that, which is one of the reasons FDR, and I don't like FDR, Not in the least, but it's one of the reasons FDR was unable to do more, provide more military help, even to the British. Churchill was begging him, as Zelensky begged us. I think the most radical and extreme and aggressive and vociferous of those who say, what? does Ukraine have to get do with us? 
I just wonder if they wouldn't be among those isolationists, even during the rise of the Third Reich. A lot of people were, were of that mindset, ladies and gentlemen, not until we were hitting Pearl Harbor. Did people say, hey, you know what, we gotta, we're going to have to deal with this. A lot of people, actually. All right. Chuck Todd, as you know, is one of the worst fake journalists, frauds, phonies, in the once so-called profession of journalism. Now we all know it's corrupt. It's an appendage of the Democrat Party. And these people do not believe in a free press. They're not there to report the news. They're there to advance an agenda. Chuck Todd, of course, has always been a Democrat, as has his wife, as has his family. Uh, and it goes on and on. And despite the millions this guy makes, he can't get a good haircut. Now, he's on Meet the Depressed. And he's very, very concerned about the demographic group that's He's singling out. I mean, if we can't keep the young people, we're finished. We Democrat. I mean, the Democrats are finished. And I want to mention to you that I think one of the reasons Hispanics are turning on Democrats, they don't like what's going on on the border. You have second generation Hispanic American. They don't like it. I'll tell you a very quick story. I snuck off for lunch the other day, and I got a hamburger, a place not too far. And um, I can always tell. I'm, my wife, you know, she's working on Passover dinner with my mother-in-law and everybody, and I, I kind of snuck off. So... I'm all done. Takes me no time. I don't believe in dining. I believe in eating. Everyone around, can we dine? Can we dine? I said, go ahead. I'm done. Anyway, so uh, I get up to go. The gentleman comes up to me. Speaks beautiful English, but he has a an accent from down south. No, I don't mean Texas. I mean South or Central America. And what a sweetheart this gentleman was. He'd served in the Marines. Wonderful young son, young teen, and wife. And his in-laws were at the table. And he was so kind. I, I, I want to thank you. I watch your show every Sunday. I listen to your radio show every single evening. And he says to his son, this is Mr. Levin. I said, well, let me come over and meet the whole family. You know what he said? No. My in-laws are irredeemable I try to explain things to them they vote the wrong way there's nothing you can do there's nothing I can do see he's a second generation American maybe first generation he cannot stand what's going on in this country on the border on the spending he can't stand it I get approached by people like this all the time. What do I mean by like this? People who are not necessarily born in the United States. All the time. Black, white, brown, Asian, doesn't matter. All the time. 
people who've escaped tyranny from Venezuela. Bolivia. Nicaragua. And so forth. Anyway, back to Chuck Todd. Cut seven. Go. There's one demographic group I want to single out, and it's voters under the age of 35. Oh, yeah. Who have never experienced inflation in their lifetime. As I say, they're used to life when, oh, there's a new gadget out. Well, in six months, it'll be cheaper. Right. Not more expensive. This is a whole different world. Yeah. Look at these numbers here. They think over by a five point margin greater right now, 82 percent of the public thinks the economy is only fair or poor. Adults under 35, it's 87 percent. Again, you want to buy a house for the first time? You're buying a higher interest rate than your parents have ever paid. Yeah. Uh, Never, never mind food and gas. This is a huge part of the Dem coalition. It's not great. It's not great. You're talking about one of the key groups that not only helped Democrats win back control of Congress, um, you know, propelled Biden into the White House, um, but are also going to be in play in larger numbers than ever before in the upcoming midterm. Ooh. And who should we thank? Mitch McConnell? Yeah, he's doing a hell of a job. Where is Mitch? What is he doing anyway? He's such an insider. Such a disgrace. Anyway, Mark, why are you obsessing over Mitch McConnell? Ladies and gentlemen, if he doesn't move out of the way, it's going to be tough to save this country, even with a Republican majority. And if we don't get a Republican majority, he loves to blame everybody else, particularly the base. And you know what's hilarious? The guy goes on liberal channels. He'll go on the channels where hosts are rhinos or work for rhinos. or I don't know. He'll never come on this show. Romney will never come on this show. Collins will never come on this show. Murkowski will never come on this show. They're afraid of you. And we never heard back from Dizzy Lizzie Cheney. She won't come. Should I subpoena her, Mr. Producer? Should I hold her in contempt? That's right. Liz Cheney, I hold you in contempt. You won't come on this program? What are you afraid of? You used to come on this program when you were running for re-election or you wanted to run for the Senate or whatever. Now, you won't come on the program. Liz? I forgot. Liz didn't even respond. How rude. Wow. So therefore, I am officially holding Dizzy Lizzie Cheney in contempt of the Mark Levin program. Let's continue. Go ahead. Cut when eight. America's economy gets a cold, Nevada gets the flu. <laughs> and, and, and I want to show these Nevada numbers here because two incumbents, Democratic incumbent uh, Steve Sisolak, Democratic incumbent Senator uh, Catherine Cortez Master, both were behind, trailing their potential uh, Republican opponents. There's still some primary, still a lot of work to do there. But Nevada, when you look at the Nevada electorate, this is pieces of the coalition you see fraying away from Biden, Hispanic voters starting to, to, to peel away a little bit, uh, working class, uh, non-college uh, educated whites. This is a problem, and Nevada may be the most acute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So let me see. So far, young people peeling away, according to the schmuckster. We have Hispanic voters peeling away. We have working-class voters peeling away, non-college-educated whites peeling away. Wow. And I understand African-Americans peeling away. Wow. 
But Donna Brazil is on ABC's This Week. This George Stephanopoulos is such an idiot. Do you see where he said, Mr. Producer, the president can't fix inflation? Did you see that? The president caused it. When Ronald Reagan came into office, inflation was horrific. We really had stagflation, which is even worse. No job creation. Shortages in supplies, including fuel. And yet, prices sky high. That is, the currency being devalued. You have to attack them all at the same time, and you have to attack them in a way that's extremely painful. I warned about this a year ago when they were spending like drunken Marxists. It's exactly what I said. You're going to create inflation, deflation, stagflation. It doesn't matter. It's going to be a disaster. Then we're going to go to a recession. And then we got to pray to God we don't go to a depression. You know, it was FDR who extended a bad recession into a depression for years. Why? He had to build back better plan, too, just like Biden. Build back better. Spend more money, more government in the midst of inflation, which is caused by spending, borrowing, and more government. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Welcome back, America. We have... The aforementioned Josh Mandel, who is the leading Republican contender in the Republican primary for the Senate in the state of Ohio, the former elected statewide treasurer of Ohio, Josh Mandel. How are you, sir? Doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Josh, um, you served in the military. Tell uh, Ohioans and the rest of America a little bit about that. Sure. Did a couple tours in the Marine Corps in Anbar province, Iraq, did my small part. Uh, I was inspired into the Marine Corps by my grandparents. Uh, one of my grandfathers was a Holocaust survivor, liberated by American troops. My uh, other grandfather served in uh, the United States Army Air Corps. And I grew up in a family that was fiercely patriotic and one that believed we have a duty to serve this country and a duty to serve a cause greater than uh, our own personal self-interest. And that's why I joined the Marine Corps. And how old were you when you joined the Marine Corps? Just out of college. And I actually joined as an enlisted Marine. You know, most college guys go in as officers, but I, I wanted to serve in, in the enlisted ranks. Uh, went through Paris Island and, uh, as I mentioned, did my uh, two tours in Anbar province. Um, the first tour... Uh, our mission was to stop the flow of foreign weapons and foreign fighters across the Syrian border. We were the first Marine battalion out on the Syrian border. And then uh, our second tour was in a town called Haditha, which is also in uh, Anbar province. And a mission of our unit was to do security uh, operations there in the Haditha triad area. You, uh, you ran for treasurer. How old were you when you ran for treasurer? I was young. I'd have to go back and look, but I was probably around <laughs> 30 years old, uh, give or take. You know, I was the youngest state treasurer in America, and I ran on a platform of transparency. I said the taxpayers had a right to know how the tax money was being spent, and I ran on a platform to put the entire state of Ohio's checkbook online. It had never been done anywhere before in America. 
And when I got into office, I uh, marched into Governor Kasich's office, who was the governor at the time, and said, hey, Governor, I ran on this platform to put the state's checkbook online. Would love to partner with you on it. And he said, Josh, get out of my office. We're not, we're not doing that. And I said, no, Governor, I don't think you understand. I was elected independently. Um, I promised the people of Ohio I would do this, and I just wanted to see if you'd like to partner on it. And uh, he said, Josh, get out of my office. I never want to hear about this again. And uh, I marched out of there, and I proceeded to uh, take $690 billion of state spending, everything from two bucks for a pack of pencils to millions of dollars for road contracts, spanning over a decade, and I put it online. I said the taxpayers have a right to know how the tax money is being spent. I transferred the power from the politicians to the people. Uh, in the process, uh, Kasich and all the politicians hated it, but the taxpayers loved it. It was uh, steeped in Madisonian principles. It was steeped in transparency. It was steeped in power to the people. And it was all about uh, fiscal responsibility and fiscal conservatism and uh, bringing sanity to our state. Let me ask you this. When it comes to the border, when it comes to spending, as you just pointed out, when it comes to critical race theory, when it comes to a transgender agenda as opposed to individual decision making, when it comes to all these things, you're down the line individualism, but you believe in a family and faith, and the proper processes for making these decisions. This is an important fact, don't you think, particularly for people who come to Washington, D.C. and say, I'm a nationalist, I'm a populist, I'm a this, I'm a that. You're a conservative, a constitutional conservative, correct? I am a constitutional conservative. I'm a proud constitutional conservative. It is one of the reasons why I've earned the endorsement of Senator Ted Cruz, it is one of the reasons I've earned the endorsement of Senator Mike Lee. I believe it's one of the reasons I've earned your endorsement, the great one, because I am a proud, full-spectrum constitutional conservative. And I also have a deep recognition in the fact that America was founded and grew strong on a bedrock of Judeo-Christian values, and those values are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you at various events, speaking to really hundreds, if not thousands of people. You've been doing this for years, trying to convey the message of conservatism and liberty and the Constitution, market capitalism and so forth. So you're not new to these ideas. These are ideas that were ingrained in you by your family, right? Correct. Um, not only am I not new to them, but I've got plenty of scars to uh, show the fight and, you know, that, that's one of the conversations I've had with Senator Cruz, you know, before he endorsed me, the need for proven fighters in Washington. Because as you, as you and I have discussed, and I know your listeners agree, yes, we have to defeat the radical left, Biden and Schumer and Pelosi, but we also have to defeat the establishment Republicans who are there, go along to get along, who provide cover for the Democrats, who look and sound and act like the Democrats. And it's important to send people to Washington who have the scars, who've gone through the fire, who understand what it's like to, to stand up and fight. And as I referenced earlier, when Kasich was governor here and I was state treasurer, I was taking them on left and right, whether it was uh, 
trying to stop the Obamacare Medicaid expansion he was trying to implement, when it was try- trying to stop the Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Common Core he was trying to, to implement. I've had the backbone and the courage to fight in Ohio, and I'll have the backbone and the courage to fight in Washington. We're going to hold Josh over. I've got a lot more questions for him. He is my endorsed candidate for the Republican nomination in Ohio for the Senate. JoshMandel.com, Josh, M-A-N-D-E-L.com. He is, uh, he, he's the real thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read The War on Cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. You can call us now at 877-381-3811. And the liberal contact number is 877-381-3811. Josh Mandel is an old friend of mine. I think I've endorsed him repeatedly for various offices. I can think of nobody better to serve in the United States Senate. as a big, big help to the constitutional conservative wing of the Republican Party, representing the base of the Republican Party, the heart and soul of the Republican Party. Josh Mandel, you served in Iraq. You, uh, you enlisted in the Marines right after you graduated from college. I want to ask you a question. When somebody says something like, I don't really care what happens in Ukraine, you say your grandparents are Holocaust or were Holocaust survivors. You served in the Marines. You went over to a foreign place in Iraq and you fought. I'm asking you about Ukraine. We're not even asking for foot, feet on the ground. We're not going to have, as best as I can tell, uh, infantry there just supporting the Ukrainian people to stop the Russians. They're being slaughtered. It looks like those black and white pictures, not precisely, but close enough. From, you know, half from uh, from 80, 90 years ago. What do you make of that? I mean, can we really afford Republicans who go to Washington, D.C. and sound like isolationists? Anyone who's running for the U.S. Senate who says, quote, they don't care what happens in Ukraine one way or another, in my mind, is unqualified to serve in the United States Senate. And also they're pro-Putin. I mean, that is the pro Putin position. And, you know, your listeners know this because your listeners, you know, believe in the Reagan doctrine and believe in peace through strength. But, you know, going back to when the wall fell, Putin was the KGB chief in Dresden. And when the KGB station emptied out, he was there burning documents. And, you know, he was the last guy there. He gets surrounded by troops. He thought it was the end of his life. Somehow he wiggled his way out. And he talks about that moment as the most embarrassing moment for himself personally and the most embarrassing moment for his mother, Russia, in his entire life. 
and he blames it squarely on Ronald Reagan and the United States of America. And ever since that moment, Mark, Vladimir Putin has hated America and hated everything we stand for. So to have any candidate for office in America, any politician in America to say, who cares what happens in Ukraine, they are pro-Putin. And in my mind, it's an anti-American position. And it just unqualifies someone for office, let alone the United States Senate. You have a target on your back by all these candidates, don't you? You've got a woman running in the race who's very much a rhino. You've got a multi-millionaire billionaire running in the race uh, who has said some awfully nasty things about you. Uh, but he wasn't strong enough to stand behind the name of his team, I don't think. You've got uh, J.D. Vance running, um, who uh, didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016. I mean, at that point, you're old enough to know better. They all are targeting you. And then they're leaking about your personal life. They will do almost and say almost anything to take you out. Why do you think that is? Because they know I'm going to Washington to be reinforcements for Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Jim Jordan, and other constitutional conservatives. And the last thing the Republican Party establishment wants is more constitutional conservative fighters in Washington. They want lapdogs. You know, they want Republicans to go there to be get along, go along, and just vote for whatever the Republican leaders say to vote for. And that's not me. I'm not going there to play some shirts versus skins type game. I'm not going there to do whatever the Republican leaders say to do. I'm going there to stand up for the Constitution. I'm going there to stand up for individual liberty. I'm going there to stand up for personal freedom. And I'm going there to stand up for the principles for which brave men in 1776 marched through the snow with blood on their feet to to found in the nation in the in the founding of this country. And uh, in my mind, Mark, that is why I've got the red crosshairs on my forehead, chest, and back from the Republican establishment and from uh, you know anyone who wants to take a knee or lay down for the Democrats. If people want to help you, where do they go, Josh Mandel? They go to joshmandel.com, J-O-S-H-M-A-N-D-E-L.com. Uh, I am pro-liberty, pro-freedom, and I will be the most fierce defender of the United States Constitution in the U.S. Senate. And I should tell your listeners this also, Mark. I'm a dad, and you know people ask me why I'm running. I give them three reasons. Gideon, who's five years old, Judah, who's seven years old, and Rosie, who's nine years old. I, I personally believe this is not about us anymore. It's not about you or me or the parents and grandparents. Like right now, this fight we're in, this is a fight to save this country, to save this republic for our kids and our grandkids. And that's why I'm running. I'm running for the U.S. Senate in Ohio to save America for your kids, for your grandkids. And I'd be honored to have your support. Again, it's joshmandel.com. Now, obviously, folks in Ohio, you have an opportunity here to install a, a real voice. You know, we hear this all the time. What can we do? This is what you can do. The Republican primary in Ohio is crucial. I believe it's on May 3rd. May 3rd is a blink away. It's a blink away. Do you have early voting in Ohio primaries too, Josh? We do, Mark. So people have been voting here for two weeks, and uh, the actual election day is two weeks from tomorrow. So if you're uh, listening tonight by your radio and you're in Dayton or Toledo or Cleveland or Columbus or Cincinnati, wherever you are, you're driving in the car, 
I uh, would be honored to earn your support. But if you live in the other 49 states or you're an American expat somewhere in the world listening tonight, call your friends, email your friends, text your friends in Ohio, ask them to vote for me, Josh Mandel, relay to them that they will have no more of a fierce fighter in the U.S. Senate to stand up for the freedom and liberty of their families and the constitutional principles on which this republic was founded. And uh, that's the best way to help. You go to joshmandel.com, you can pitch in a donation, and then you tell your friends and family here in Ohio to go vote for me. You know, folks, as I tell you all the time, these senators vote on matters that affect each and every one of you, wherever they're from. They have the same vote as the senators from your own state. So it's important that we support constitutional conservatives. That's what we want. Not Johnny comes lightly, not, oh, well, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, it's too late for that. You want to serve in the United States Senate, you've got to be a big boy. You know, you've, you've got to be in this fight a little bit. I'm not saying you have to be a, uh, a career politician, but you've got to have more than two or four years of, of us being able to determine who you actually are. I'm going to continue my strong support for Josh Mandel. I wish you all the best, joshmandel.com. Oh, final question. How's it looking there? Looking good. So we're, we're in the lead. Um, and the amazing thing is, you know, the political big brains, Mark, they say that you can only win a race in a state the size of Ohio by outspending your opponents. And the amazing thing is we're getting outspent heavily, but we're still winning because we have this army of constitutional conservatives and men and women of faith throughout the state that are supporting me. I, I did something uh, unconventional. I said we're going to sidestep the establishment Republican Party, and we're going to run the campaign through churches. And I've been campaigning all over the state of Ohio, and we've had all these incredible churches, evangelical churches and Baptist churches and Nazarene churches and Catholic churches hosting me all over the state. In fact, next week we're going to have Ted Cruz here in Ohio campaigning with me. We're going to be in Dayton, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, Toledo, doing these church town halls and faith and freedom rallies and combination of constitutional conservative warriors and men and women of faith throughout this state are propelling me to victory. We're winning, but we're getting attacked left and right, and I can really use the support of your listeners. All right, Josh Mandel, you take care of yourself, my friend. Be well. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for everything you do to protect the ideals and the values we, we hold so strong here in America. Thank you. All right, you too. God bless you. Guy's a true patriot. That's what he is. And uh, I wish we had somebody like that running in my state, Virginia. Although we have a great governor, this guy Yunkin. My Lord, he has turned out to be even better than people thought. I'm telling you, one day I have to have him back and go through this. He is incredible. Absolutely incredible. He put this local school board in Loudoun County. You know what he did, Mr. Producer? He insisted that a piece of legislation that came through the Virginia Assembly put this board up early for election. So they're all up in November. Uh, I think it's two years ahead of time because we typically have off-year elections. He said, okay, now campaign on what you believe in. That was just brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Where am I, Mr. Producer? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Here we are, the final moments of the program. I hate when this happens. Hate it. 
Maybe I'll do a four-hour radio show. What do you think of that, Mr. Produce? Maybe let's find out how many of our stations would go four hours with the Mark Levin show. I can be the Jerry Lewis of radio. We'll do a markathon. What do you think of that? A markathon. Yeah. I could do four hours. In New York, maybe I'll do five hours, Mr. Producer. What do you think of that? What about five hours? In New York, there's so much to cover. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? Who's better anyway at this? Nobody. And four hours for the rest of the country. I, I think I have the model. I think I have the model. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Jimmy, how are you, my friend? All righty. Good idea having four hours. Uh, there's a new leader in Maybe Chile. Maybe I should take a survey on this. Go ahead. There's a new leader in Chile, a communist. I'm reading this in a By the way, before one. you go on, Chile, ladies and gentlemen, had a lousy election. They had been one of the, the, the best of the countries south of the border. They had a pro-capitalist government there for a period of time that blew out a socialist government, and their economy was turning around. Then, of course, it's moved hard left again. Go ahead. Yes, the new leader's name is Boric. B-O-R-I-C. Now, the article is written by a guy who's a member of the International Committee of the Democratic Socialist of America. So this is like the old Soviet Union with the Communist International. This is the role, apparently, the Democratic Socialist of America is playing. There's another article in this newspaper. They have the solution to the Ukrainian crisis. All Ukraine has to do is let Russia control and have the Crimea, and also the eastern portion of Ukraine. This is the solution to peace in Ukraine. Well, then, well, then Ukraine would have no access to the Black Sea, no access for its wheat, for its other goods. Its commerce would be destroyed. Uh, and then, of course, Russia would have a major foothold in Ukraine. And... Uh, Russia had already signed an agreement in 1994 uh, that in exchange for its nuclear weapons, it would help protect Ukraine's security. So why would you do any of that stuff? Well, this, news, this newspaper is from the Democratic Socialist of America, yes, who are yes, jointly working with the American Communist Party, direct connections directly to Moscow. Mm -hmm. So you see how this works. It's on every level it's, it's a oh, very yes. bad situation. The Ukrainian people are being crushed in the gears of the communist movement and the globalist mm -hmm. movement. No matter what some people think about Zelensky, good or bad, the Ukrainian people good. are innocent victims of this world movement. They're being crushed and they're fighting heroically, just like the American founding, founding fathers did. I agree 100%. And you know what? Look how they're being slaughtered. Look what the Russians are doing. All these tough Russians, oh, 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 they go into these, these towns, they rape the women, they rape the girls. Uh, and there are definitions for women and girls, Democrats, by the way. And brutalize the men. You know, the, the, the son of the mayor of Buka, it's a young, he's a young, young man, he's looked to be in his 30s, he looked to be a big, strong guy. You know what they did to him, Jimmy? What? They broke his fingers. They tortured him. 
before they killed him. Jimmy, you're a font of knowledge. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. Ryan, San Diego, California, the great KFMB country. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, sir? Very well. Thank you. I just want to say a couple things. But first, before I get, get sidetracked, I want to thank you. I thank God every day for you and all you've done and the books you've written and how you speak for me. Everything you say on your show is things that I speak to my friends about all the time. And they think I'm thank crazy. You. But you prove it with facts, and I thank God every day. We need another million of Mark Levin's. The world will be a oh, heck of a lot better, better place. Thank you, sir. So the one You're comment I wanted to make, sir, is that, um, that uh, um, regarding the you know, genocide, this has gone on you know, since 1932 with the Ukrainians. Ukrainians have been hammered their whole history for thousands of years, whether it was the Scythians to the, the Mongolians to the Genghis Khan to the Russians to the Poles. They've never had a break in the history of their country. And just to, to, to change subjects, I was going to talk about genocide and how we did nothing with Rwanda, yet two years later we went into Serbia. Hmm. 850,000 Rwandans slaughtered with machetes. Where was everybody in the rest of the world? People of color, Rwandans. Where were they, Mark? I want to know. Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yet two years later we go into Bosnia, we can go into, into Serbia, correct? So they've never right. cared about Democrats, every mass genocide we've had from the Turks, killing the Armenians, to Paul Pot, to the Rwandans. They've never Ryan, I wish I'd had you on earlier. I apologize to you. Just that we ran out of time. Give us another call, okay, this week? Thank you, Ryan. Great KFMB country. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, truckers in America and Canada, and our brothers and sisters in freedom in Ukraine. God bless you. And I will see all of you tomorrow. Tomorrow.